0: everybody, and welcome to part three of Castaway. Last week, Moffat did an amazing job in encouraging us that God gives second chances and that even if we have resigned from what God has called us to, we can go back and live in um, the calling that God has for us. So before I get into part three today, where we're going to focus on Jonah chapter three, I just want to pray. Father, thank you so much that we can Uh, Gather as the body of Christ to hear your word, to be encouraged and inspired that you do have a plan and a purpose for every single person. I pray that as we hear this word today, that you are going to speak and minister to every person who is listening. We pray that you are glorified through this message. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So in week one of Castaway, I shared the story or the fable of the rabbit and the tortoise and how when we hear familiar stories over and over again, we tend to zone out and actually miss the point that the story is trying to teach us. In the same way with Jonah and the fish, we have heard it so many times that we tend to miss the point that God is actually trying to teach us. You know, can a fish really swallow a man and the man live to tell the tale? Focusing on that part of Jonah is actually missing the point of what God is trying to tell us. So I don't know if you know this, but there are only three verses dedicated um, to the fish in Jonah. The real story of the book of Jonah is about a man who was given a second chance and was used by God to bring revival to a really very wicked city. So here's a quick recap in case you missed week one or week two. So Jonah was an Old Testament prophet. He is called by God. God has given him a word to go to Nineveh and to tell them that they need to repent. Um, He doesn't want to do it, so he gets on a ship going in the opposite direction to Nineveh. Then he gets thrown overboard and swallowed by a fish where he spends three days and three nights in the belly of the fish. And while he's there, he has a, a real change of perspective, a change of heart. And so what I want to do before we start off with Jonah chapter 3 is I want to quickly read the end of chapter 2, verse 10. It says, Then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. So he's been in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights, and God orders the fish to spit him out on the beach near Nineveh. So he's vomited onto the beach, and that's where we find him this week. He's going to have a second chance to do what God asked him to do in the first place. Let's see what he does. So the ultimate point of Jonah is actually about a great God and his great love. If the story tells us nothing else, it's that God gives us second chances. And that is so encouraging that If we feel that we need a second chance, if we feel we need a do-over, if we feel that we've messed up, and you know, would God even forgive us and give us a second chance? Yes, He does. He gives us second chances. He is a great God who shows great love. Another thing we see from the story is that one man can make a difference. One woman can make a difference. One man who did what God told him to do changed an entire city. If you think about the woman who met Jesus at the well, one woman heard and the, the, the good news of what it is to receive the living water from Jesus and she went back to her town and changed an entire town by sharing the good news. So what is it that Jonah was called to do? He was called to preach to Nineveh. That's what God asked him to do, what God called him to do, was to preach to Nineveh. And we, you and me, Christians, we've been called to preach. Now, don't panic. When you hear the word preach, people often think, oh my gosh, I'm not called to preach. But what preach means is preach means to address, to speak, to proclaim, to spread to explain so we have been called to preach not to Nineveh like Jonah was that was what he was called to do we have been called to preach to our city and what is the great commission Jesus said to go into all the world and preach the gospel a great question to ask yourself is am I doing what God has called me to do So let's get into Jonah chapter 3. I'm going to read from verse 1 and 2. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. So there we see that he came to Jonah a second time. So he gave Jonah a second chance and he gave him the instruction, go to Nineveh and proclaim or preach, share, explain, the message I give you. So first what I want us to do today is I want us to look at the messenger. If you are the messenger, if Jonah was the messenger, what does that take? What does that entail? Well, the first point is that to reach our neighbor, we must preach the gospel. God did not tell Jonah to go to Nineveh and just be a good example. You know, he didn't say to to Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh and I want you to live a really good godly life. And I I want you to just be a good example that after many, many years or or many months, people will realize that you must be different because you're a Christian. He didn't he, he didn't say that to Jonah. That's not what he asked him to do. God said that he wanted Jonah to go and preach. God wants us to go and preach. He wants us to share. He wants us to proclaim the gospel. Now, you don't have to preach the way I'm preaching today. You don't have to be on a stage. You don't have to uh, be on television. You don't have to be a Jonah who goes into a wicked city and preach the good news. There are so many ways that you can preach. You can preach in a conversation. So let's just change the word preach for a moment. You can talk. Explain the gospel in a conversation through a text, through an email, through sharing on your social media. Because the emphasis of sharing the gospel is on the content. It's on the content. That is what God wants us to share. It's verbally communicating the message of the gospel. We have been called to do that. We have tended to move away from it because we don't want to offend people. So what happens is that we end up saying nothing much at all. We're so scared to offend that we hold back and we don't say much at all. We need to offer theology without apology. So Jesus begins his ministry by preaching. We read in Matthew 4, 17, where it says, From then on, Jesus began to preach. Repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. So Jesus begins to preach, and the first thing he says is that they must repent of their sins and then turn to God. Then Jesus uh, sends his disciples to do the same. And we read in Matthew 10, verse 7. Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. So he tells the disciples, go and announce, go and share, go and preach. God chooses to use ordinary people like you and me. I am so ordinary, but he chooses to use us to preach the gospel And think about it, God could have just done anything supernatural, he could have written it in the sky, he could have sent a million angels down to share the gospel, but he chooses to use you and me to share his message. And we might think that's crazy, but that is what God has chosen to do. He's chosen to use you and me to share his message. I remember when I was studying at college in town and I would go to town every day. I would take a bus to the parade and um, I would walk past a man that was very often standing on the steps of one of the statues in town and he would be shouting the gospel with passion and he would be proclaiming the gospel and I used to walk past and think, oh my goodness, that man is weird. I never want to do what he is doing. But God doesn't ask us to do what everybody else is doing. He just asks us to share the gospel. We don't have to do it the way that any of the prophets or Paul or any of the disciples did it, but as long as we are sharing the gospel with those around us. There's so much power in verbally communicating the gospel, and there are different ways of doing it. And I really believe that we need to use every opportunity that comes our way to share the gospel. And so focusing on the messenger, you and me, the first point was to reach our neighbor, we must preach the gospel. The second point is we must preach the message that God has given. In Jonah 3 verse 2, it says, Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. So he didn't want Jonah to go and proclaim a message that Jonah um, had to think up or come up with. He wanted Jonah to proclaim a message that he was giving to Jonah. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 23, Paul says, for I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. He wasn't passing on what he came up with, but what the Lord himself had given to him. Nothing is going to go through you until it has happened To you. It's a great thing to go through the Bible, and we must do that, but it's even better when the Word of God has gone through us. We won't have anything to share that we ourselves have not received. So God wants His Word to be in us so that we can share that with others. Uh, Greg Laurie, a pastor in America, says it's not how you mark your Bible. It's how your Bible marks you. We must in no way mess around with or edit the gospel. Sometimes people want to leave things out so that people don't get offended. We mustn't mess with the message of the gospel in any way. Our job, my job, your job, is to simply deliver it. It's not our job to make the Bible relevant. We need to understand that the Bible is already relevant. And so God used, um, uh, in the Old Testament, God used prophets to deliver his message to the people. And it's easy to think, well, they must have been very special goody-two-shoes that God used them to deliver his message. Um, And so we think that we couldn't possibly be called to do the same thing. So then, who does God use today? Well, first of all, God uses ordinary people like you and me. But just for a moment, I want to encourage you. Let's take a look at an Old Testament prophet, Elijah. Elijah goes from being fearless. He has... um, been with the prophets of Baal. He is calling down fire from heaven. God is displaying his holiness and greatness. And Elijah is completely fearless. You know, it's, he's, he's just um, like running on this thing. He, he must have felt amazing. The next day, Elijah finds out that the queen wants to behead him. She wants his head because she's so angry with him. And all of a sudden, Elijah is completely um, like, ridden with fear. He's overridden with fear. So Elijah, even though being a prophet in the Old Testament, was a normal, ordinary person with human emotions. He went from being a fearless to fearful in the, the space of 24 hours. And so God uses ordinary people, just like Elijah, just like you and I and just like Jonah. Secondly, we must remember that we are speaking for someone else. We're not trying to give our own message over. We speak in God's message. The word that you give is not your own. So many years ago, when I was a teenager, I'm giving my age away, I worked at a video shop. So the, those of you that can't remember or know what a video is, you can Google it. But I worked at a video shop and All I had to do was hire out the video to the people who would come into the shop. It wasn't my responsibility to write the script for the movie. It wasn't my responsibility to film or uh, produce the movie. It wasn't my responsibility to get the movie onto the videos, into the video shop. All I had to do was hire out, was deliver the video to the people. Our job is to deliver the gospel. We don't have to write the message of the gospel. We don't have to come up with the words. It's there um, for us to to read for our taking. All we have to do is to deliver it. And to encourage you, you know what? If our message, when we're sharing, is rejected, we, we shouldn't take it personally. And if our message is accepted, we shouldn't take that personally either. You can't take the blame and you can't take the credit. We are just the delivery people. Once the message has been delivered, we don't take the blame and we don't take the credit because once it's out, we leave it in God's hands. We leave it in his hands to do the work in the people. And thirdly, We need to realize that the results are up to God. The results are not up to us. We need to put all of our effort into sharing the gospel, yes. We need to understand the message of the gospel. But the results are up to God. And so, of course, you need to pay special attention to what you're saying, and you need to make the effort to put prayer into it before you share the gospel. But once you've shared it, once the word is out there, it's God's job to save people. It's not my job, and it's not your job. God does the saving. And God does not require success. All that he requires from us is faithfulness. We just need to be faithful My job is to deliver the goods and leave the results in the hands of God. Jonah did not procrastinate the second time. He knew what God wanted him to do. He did it and he left the results up to God. So having looked at the messenger, let's take a look at the message that we must deliver. So we're the messenger and then there's a message, the gospel. In Jonah 3 verse 2 to 4 it says, Get up and go to the large city of Nineveh and tell the people there the news which I am going to tell you. Again, God is giving Jonah the word. So Jonah got up and went to Nineveh as the Lord had told him. Now Nineveh was a very large city. It took three days to walk through. Jonah started into the city for a day's walk and he cried out, In 40 days, Nineveh will be destroyed. So here are three signs of a true and authentic message. The message must be delivered with urgency. If you look at Jonah three verse four, it says that he started into the city and he cried out. So there was an urgency. If you look at Jonah um, two verse one to two, that Moffat covered last week. It says that Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, while in the stomach of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord because of my trouble, and he answered me. I cried for help for the place of the dead, and you heard my voice. So again, there was an urgency. So we need to deliver the message with urgency. Jonah took the desperation that he felt in the belly of the fish, and he He used that desperation and urgency in proclaiming the message to the Ninevites. Charles Spurgeon says that winners of souls must first be weepers for souls. We need to care about the people before we care about winning the souls. People can tell if you care or not. So you know what? Be passionate when sharing, be heartfelt put emotion into it because it's it's the gospel message, it's the best news that we could ever share with people. And then also our message must be clear and exact. Do you know that anyone could understand Jonah's message? It's not that his message was simplistic, but it was simple, it was clear and exact. And we tend to complicate things. We add things that don't belong or we try and take things out that we don't like because we don't want to offend people. Um, and so we, we, we change things, and, and we mustn't complicate things. We shouldn't change things. We can trust God's word. In Jonah 3 verse 5, it says, The Ninevites believed God. A fast was proclaimed, and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. Isn't it encouraging that it doesn't say that they believed Jonah? Jonah 3 verse 5 says that they believed God. Jonah was the messenger. They heard the message and they believed God. The message was delivered with urgency. It was clear and exact. And it was delivered just as God wanted it. So what is the gospel? If I only tell people that God loves them, that's not giving the full gospel. If I only tell people that God is going to judge them, that's not the complete gospel. I've not given the complete gospel if elements, of, if those elements are missing. If they are not in place, then it's no longer the gospel. So... What does the word gospel mean? Now, I'm sure that most of you know this, but for those of you that don't know, the word gospel means the good news. So, so God wants us to share the good news. He wants us to deliver a message that, that, that he's given the good news to our city. Now, before I can fully appreciate the good news, I have to first understand the bad news, unfortunately. And if I don't tell the bad news as well as the good news, I can be guilty of offering them a different watered down gospel or a counterfeit gospel. In Galatians 1 verse 67, it says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. So, I want to demonstrate to you. I know you've probably been wondering what this whiteboard is here for, but what I want to do is I want to actually demonstrate the gospel to you and hope that I can make it clear and exact for you to understand. So first of all, there's the bad news that we are all sinners, but I'm going to draw two mountains. We've got two mountains over here. On this first mountain is us. That's all people that God created, and on this mountain is God. And what we try and do is that we try to um, say to people, but I'm not a sinner. I don't do bad things. Um, You know, the question you have to ask people when they say that is, but let me ask you this, have you ever told a lie? Have you ever taken something that isn't yours? Have you ever used God's name in vain? So what happens is is that we are sinners and so sin leads to death. And God is holy. And what we try and do as people is we think, well, but I'm a good person, I do good things, and maybe, you know, you help the poor. And so what we do is we say, well, I help the poor, but what happens is as we help people, it falls down and leads to everlasting death, to eternal separation from God. Or maybe we say, yes, but I give finances to a really worthy organization, and as we do that, that also can't get to God. It falls down to eternal um, death and separation from God. It actually says um, in James 2 verse 10, for the person who keeps all of the laws except one is as guilty as a person who has broken all of God's laws. So none of us are good enough to get over to God by just doing good deeds, by just being good people. That causes us to fall short and separates us from God. But then there's the good news. The good news is that Jesus died for us. So Romans 5 verse 6 to 8 says, "When When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. So God sent his son to die for us while we were still sinners. And so what that does, when Christ died for us, I've got my cross over here. Okay? When Christ died for us, he built a bridge between us and God. He made a way for us to be able to come over to God. And it's so basic. I know you're looking at this and thinking, that's so basic, but it's so important for us to understand this. It's so important for us to understand that we need to share the good news of what Jesus has done for us. Jesus has made a way for us to get to God. So um, Christ has, has died for us, and every gospel message that is shared needs to help people make a beeline for the cross. They need to acknowledge that Jesus made a way for us to be with God. John 3 verse 16 We've, we've mostly heard this, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And Jesus is the only way to the Father. There is no one else that can build this bridge between us and God. So that was just a, hopefully a way for, for you to understand how important it is to share the gospel, but how simple it is. It's not simplistic and it doesn't have to be complicated. It's a simple message that we can share. Someone once asked the great British preacher, C.H. Spurgeon, if he could put into a few words um, his Christian faith. And he said, yes. He replied, I can give it to you in just four words. Jesus died for me. That's what it all comes down to. The gospel in a nutshell is that Jesus Christ died for our sins, was buried and raised on the third day. That's the cornerstone of our faith. So when you share the gospel, remind those that you speak to that Jesus died for them. He died for them. He shed his blood for them. And, you know, we can actually get in the way of the message by complicating it. And remember that it's simple, powerful, yet the most profound message that the cross of Christ has the power to change lives. It changed my life, and I never ever thought it was possible for me to change. So to encourage you today, this is what I want to encourage you with. Our job is to be delivery men and women of the gospel, of the good news. That's all. We don't have to worry about the message. It's already been given. We don't have to worry about what happens to it after we deliver it. We leave that in God's hands. But God can do a lot with one person. You better believe that God can use you. And can God use you to impact a city? Yes, he can. We just have to be faithful. So it's time for you to go, it's time for you to go and preach the gospel, to preach the good news. And Jonah hopefully has encouraged you that even when we don't do what God says and he gives us a second chance, we can take that second chance and we can go into our cities, into our communities and preach the good news. So I'd like to pray for us in a moment, but before I do, I just want to ask that if there is anyone watching this who hasn't even um, started a relationship with Jesus, you've never acknowledged that Jesus died for you and has made a way for you to have a relationship with God, then I wanna encourage you to make that decision today. I want to encourage you to um, pray with me as I pray now to make the decision to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, to believe that He died for you, and then to choose to live for him each and every day. And if you're going to pray with me now and make that decision, won't you please click on the starting out uh, button so that we can send you information about how to take your journey further with Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you for this message of Jonah. Thank you, God, that we are encouraged that you want to use us that we are ordinary people and that all you want us to do is to deliver your message. Father, I want to pray for each and every person who is choosing to start a relationship with you. Please, would you encourage them that as they ask for forgiveness for their sins, that you forgive them, that you have a new life planned for them, that they can admit their sins to you, that they can believe that you died for them, and that they can choose to live for you every day, and that you will guide them, you will help them, you will be with them every step of the way. So please be with us as we go into the rest of the week. Please speak to us and encourage us. Please give us boldness to share your good news. Help us to take every opportunity that comes our way to share the gospel. And I pray, God, that in everything we do and say, we will glorify your name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.